The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, episode 110. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a dead. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Also, please, just a quick plug to share the podcast on Twitter or Facebook, your favorite social media, and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. Also, just note that Spotify now does allow you to rate podcasts, so please give us a five-star rating there to help us out as well, because this gets us seen by more people and also lets us know what you think of the show. So please share the podcast with your fellow Star Wars uh, fans who would like to listen to us talk about all things Star Wars. And today we are discussing chapter six of the book of Boba Fett, and the title from this one is From the Desert Comes a Stranger. And joining me tonight on the panel is, first up, we have Old Ben, a.k.a. Mike Creevy. This is going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Almost an understatement there. Yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, The Bendu is joining us this evening as well, Angela Cialana. Yes, everyone. Think through your thoughts. Think it through. Think it through. (laughs) We have a lot to say. Also, we have Mudhorn, Andrew Hermes. I don't know. I was second week in a row, just another filler episode. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing much to talk get about. Through it. Yeah. And finally, we have the full crew tonight. We have Ronan himself, Thomas Sanherho. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, so let's just kind of jump into this one, because unlike what uh, Andrew just sort of implied, there is quite a bit to talk about <laughs> with this particular episode. Uh, so as always, I throw it out to you guys first. What what did you guys think of, of this episode? Oh, I was like, I don't know. It broke me a little bit. Like, you guys know how much I love Cad Bane and yeah. I've been wanting a live action Cad Bane for so long. And so when we saw the stranger coming from the desert, I was just like, oh, no. And then my husband was like, oh, is it that blue guy? <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, so, oh, gosh, it was I was more excited about that than Luke Skywalker. That's just kind of like that's my my brain. But anyway, um, it was totally mind blowing. I mean, obviously, right. Um, but I think probably, you know, a lot of people I've heard like have, yes, uh, problems, you know, a <laughs> shocker about like how, how involved we are in so many different stories and so many different characters in the book of Boba Fett. Um, but my first impression was just like, oh my gosh, it's still the sandbox. Like, you know, <laughs> we've been talking about how 
this show is kind of like a sandbox where all these creators just get to play like with Star Wars. And that's that's how I feel like it it is. And it's mm-hmm. just it's awesome. So, yeah. Well, I think it's funny, too, going off of what um, Angela said, and we can talk about this more later. But, uh, you know, what hit me was because uh, I, I saw that right away. People like fixing Cad Bane, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, you know, I, it never crossed my mind when I saw him. I was just so thrilled mm-hmm. yeah. to see him. And um, I was talking to my wife about this later that night. And I said, you know, it reminds me a little of when everybody was not everybody, when it, a couple of people right, <laughs> were, were up in arms about Ahsoka's look. Where her, and I forget what it's, what are the things called? Like, I'm forgetting the, the leku. They're not tentacles. The leku, that's it. That her leku, and they were showing all these pictures of how the leku were too short. And, and I was like, okay, there's a practicality of this, of having a human woman in this costume that has to do with martial arts. But secondly, like, I think it applies to Cat. I love this idea that, like, all of the animated shows are like caricatures at the theme park or something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and to me, it makes it so cool to, to step out and be like, seeing these, these, um, animated characters we love come into live action where it's like now i'm at the point where it's all like real you know like Mm -hmm. like they're all real characters and those stories are real but that was like a particular like visions almost right like a you know the animated you know telling of it was like a way to tell the story but these are real characters and this is how he really looks was kind of how it hit me and i just oh man he just looked so great you know so uh, yeah i loved it all but that that ending was just and how it (laughs) kind of ends the way it began almost too was so well done yeah this this was i mean the best some of the best star wars anything we've gotten in a long i think period uh, ever um ever yeah. sorry george uh, lucas <laughs> i mean yeah it's, it's it's hard to find the words but i mean the 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 feelings that all of us I know we had watching this and coming off of episode five, where we speculated a lot of like what we might see in this episode. And, you know, some of us falling anywhere from like, Oh, we're not going to get much more Mando to like, Oh, maybe we'll get a little bit. Maybe we'll see Grogu, you know, but it's going to probably go back to Boba Fett. The, the main Boba Fett storyline. Dude, but and you called it last time. Yeah. You were like, yeah, it's going it. to be yeah. right up in your face. And it was yeah. right up in our face I, at the beginning of the I didn't think episode. so. I never expected. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a pattern? <laughs> uh, again, it's a pattern and it's a pattern that I gladly accept that <laughs> Favreau and Filoni have demonstrated throughout, you know, their Star Wars, um, their different Star Wars series now is that, you know, if, if they're going to tease something at the end of an episode, you're going to, you're, you're going to see it next week, you know, and, and it's going to be all up in your face. So this was that like times a thousand, because obviously we got Luke again, we got Ahsoka again. And I mean, what made this episode really special uh, for me and, and I know for, for a lot of us is that this is, this is the Luke Skywalker we've always wanted to see that we never got. It's like a Luke Skywalker that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not conflicted. You know, he's like, he's mm-hmm. very sure of himself. He's, he's, he's at the prime of his powers. And, you know, he's obviously starting this Jedi Academy. And, you know, we're seeing the building blocks of that literally in this episode. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's again, it's it's like the the Luke Skywalker we we've only been able to like read in books or, or comics, um, uh, but we've never seen in live action. You know, and in the original trilogy, you know, it's obviously Luke is dealing with, you know, becoming a Jedi and then finding out, you know, who his father is and and that journey. And then in the sequel trilogy, you know, it's he's he wants the Jedi to be eradicated. Uh, he wants the Jedi right. to end, right? So. This is this is Luke in his prime, you know, at a time of his life where, um, you know, thank God technology is allowing us to see Luke Skywalker like we're seeing Mark Hamill, like how Mark Hamill looked in the 80s. And it's 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 way, way better than the Mandalorian season two finale. Like it, it seems like they've, yeah. they've really uh, um, they've really sort of improved on that technology uh since then so uh yeah that 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 for me was like the highlight of it amongst all the other highlights and i know obviously we'll get into everything else but yeah that this was what made it really special for me because you know luke skywalker being such a you know and obviously integral iconic character it, it, this is a side of him we've always wanted to see and and getting a good dose of that in this episode was was very promising and and who knows you know I'm sure we'll see more of him. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine not seeing him again, but uh, that, that was w what really stood out for me in this episode. I'm going to be the voice of dissension and say mm -hmm. that um, I'm, uh, and, and I would have said it last week too, because it, it kind of struck me last week as well. I, I like the Boba Fett story and we've had two episodes out of seven that have mm -hmm. not been the Boba Fett story. And that's kind of, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week because I think we're finally getting back to that Boba Fett story. Uh, and, and while I love all these characters and I love where they're going and I love everything that's adding, you know, and, and I, and I do trust uh, Filoni and Favreau's uh, vision and the way that they tell stories. I, I do, but I am, I am feeling like two out of seven is a lot to mm -hmm. take out of the, the book of Boba Fett, you know, and give it to these other, to these other tales. I had to kind of like, <laughs> reframe this this series in my in my mind um because i was i was co contemplating that that very thought like it's the book of boba fett and we've had two drastically little boba fett or boba fett light episodes i think he was in this one but he didn't even speak in this one mm -hmm. right so he nodded <laughs> like, like like he did in return of the jedi or like din nods at him just like <laughs> Yeah. He, when he nodded Hard for the course. he just nods yeah. back <laughs> so i've i've sort of fallen i think in the in the realm of of angela of i've i've tried to look at this not so much as an independent boba fett only series and looked at it more as like a novel and in a novel you could have chapters that are dedicated towards you know other characters and and finding out what, what how they're going to tie into the overall story so i've sort of had to like even the mandalorian i think is going to start to branch out that way um, you know, and, and in fact, I think all the other shows too. So I think if you kind of keep it in mind that they are meant to flow into and out of each other, um, you know, I, I totally get your critique though, Thomas, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, five sevenths of the, of the whole series is actually focused on, on Boba Fett. So that, that does feel a little odd, but I will say that I'm perfectly happy with what they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to not have the story, but at right. the same time, it's like, you know. And I, but, yeah. Okay, so let's just say that they continue the story, right? And then Din Djarin just shows up in this Naboo starfighter, and you're like, 
wait, where did he get that from? <laughs> I, like, I am actually okay with that. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm actually okay with that. And that's one of the things I love. And I, and I talk to my kids about this all the time when, when they're telling stories uh, and when they're, when they're writing stories for people. Because you, the, the thing I love about Tolkien is that Tolkien was not afraid to do that, right? Where he would just drop an artifact in the middle of the story, kind of give you a hint at where it came from. And then just keep running. Mm-hmm. And and the world was so well lived in that, all right, we're going. And so I, I really would not have minded him showing up in this Naboo Starfighter and going, whoa, <laughs> I want to know the story of the Naboo Starfighter, right? And then that come up in The Mandalorian. <laughs> and, and See, I, I thought we wouldn't see him in this episode and you'd see him come in to save the day in episode seven mm-hmm. in the Naboo Starfighter with Grogu. And then be like, mm, yeah. oh, man, like what happened? And then you get maybe the backstory later or something. But like, again, I'm not complaining. It's, there are different ways they could do it, but it's it'll be neat to see why they did it this way. I think yeah. they did it this way, because if uh, Cad Bane is going to be part of the fight and then like all the people from Freetown are going to be part of the fight, mm-hmm. then it's sort of like anticlimactic if you like you show that first and then later in the Mandalorian, you show the backstory of like what, how he sure. recruited them and stuff. Sure. Well, I have, I'll wait. Cause I have a theory that's not, I'm sure my, not only me, but I've, I have one in particular I'm very excited about it has to do with Cad Bane. So <laughs> wait on that. <laughs> well, and, and I will say too, that I'm, I am super excited about the next episode because it's Robert Rodriguez directing, which is, yeah, that's um, you know, for, for the epic battle in right. this season. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, um, I will throw out there, too, that I um, I mean, I kind of already implied it, but but I, I did really like this episode. I I did not expect to see Grogu at all. So he was he was the highlight of my entire viewing experience. <laughs> uh, the little the little force jump that he he got to do was was, was just <laughs> priceless because, well, <laughs> hearkening back to, say, my favorite uh, mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> Um, when Yoda is fighting Count Dooku, I mean, so the, 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 just the, the, the movements that Yoda did is sort of, uh, reflected in what Grogu is, is learning. So, uh, so and of I, course yeah. Yoda's like over 850 or something at that point. So, <laughs> right, right. So we're, so we're, seeing, like, <laughs> we're past seeing his prime, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, so let's, uh, jump into kind of talking about, uh, the, the story stuff. Um, we, we start off this whole episode with with something that I didn't expect. We see uh, Cobb Vanth, who makes makes an appearance again and uh, stops this uh, Pike, the Pike courier with with spice. And um, he gives them a chance to to leave and, and to, you know, uh, not bother them. But they decide to, to fight as they want to continue to run their spice. And. Cobb shows that he is he is truly worthy of the title, the marshal, and um, takes them all out except for one, and um, sends them back with kind of a threat that if they come back, they'll uh, uh, they'll be they'll be lost forever. I think is what he said. Um, I appreciated the misdirect with the with the episode title here. So the the episode title is uh, a stranger from the desert, or uh, from the desert from the desert comes from the desert comes a stranger. So uh, my immediate thought was. Oh, Cobb Vanth is going to be that that stranger from the desert, and um, you know, and I I was waiting to see how that kind of panned out, and of course it didn't pan out how I thought. Uh, were you guys surprised to see Cobb Vanth make an appearance back in this show? Yes, and no. I thought he. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. 
Well, I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of thought maybe earlier because I thought with all the flashbacks, you know, that we would get some sort of flashback because you remember Boba mentions Cobb Vanth by name in the tragedy episode when he says to Mando, you know, I'm not here for your armor. I'm here for my armor. You know, the armor you took from Cobb Vanth on Tatooine. And then we didn't see in the flashbacks in this show, anything to really directly link them or, you know, where he got a clue that it's Cobb Vanth that has the armor. So I, I was kind of expecting it earlier and I hadn't thought about it in a while. So I was really happy because <laughs> I, I love his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like his character. I was I, I figured he had to show up in here somewhere. I actually thought that that's where they were going to go at the end of uh the previous episode when the Mandalorian music came in, I, th- I figured, okay, well, we'll look at the Mando eventually, but I think they're probably going to go to for Cobb Vanth first. Yeah. I thought when I was thinking of like, who's going to show up in this episode, um, like, like what team Boba and Mando are going to be able to assemble. I actually forgot about Cobb Vanth. So I'm, I, I, that was, that was a pleasant surprise seeing him. Um, cause I, I enjoyed his character and, uh, Timothy Oliphant's a great actor. So mm-hmm. that was, that was a great surprise for me. I think I I sort of get the I get into this mindset like they're almost like in a, a one off episode. And then like I, I yeah, I kind of forget about him. And then when they show up again, it's like, oh, that's so cool. And yeah, it makes perfect sense that we would see them again. And I don't know why I didn't think about it. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I also really uh, was excited to to see him and um and and see 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 where this goes. Um, it was also, of course, a, a bit of a foreshadowing too to 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 make him have an encounter with the Pikes, uh, because that of course comes into play later on in in how uh, Din Djarin is trying to convince him to to help out in this fight uh, against the Pikes. So I felt that that was that was a good uh, storytelling point as well to to make. Uh, but then we get the <laughs> kind of the the point that. I didn't expect to see until Mandalorian season three. We've get we get the whole sequence on uh, this this lush green planet where Din goes to goes to hang out with his his little his little green friend. Couple points about the planet. Uh, this is not a planet that we know the name of. Um, it uh, I, I think it's drawing inspiration from Yavin Four. At least in the Legends universe, that's where that's where Luke created his Jedi Academy. So there's there's definitely at least a a visual similarity there. I don't know if it's actually Yavin Four or not, but I I kind of appreciated uh, the the nod there to to Legends. They don't actually say the name of the planet, but uh, that's that's where he goes, and he lands and meets up with R two D two, and he's of course looking for for Skywalker and Grogu and. R2-D2 takes him to this little clearing where there's this uh, building being constructed by androids and they build him a bench to sit on and wait. So (laughs) did you guys notice real quick when he's when he's hopping out of the starfighter and the camera starts to move? I saw this on YouTube. Uh, I wouldn't I didn't notice it at first, but the way they have it set up that for one split second, R2 in the background is visible. It almost looks like he's in that little droid cockpit. <laughs> I did see that yeah, as that a little, cool. you know, just, yeah. just a, a fun little nod. And like to episode yeah. one, I thought like when he was in one, you know, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> okay. Comment and question. Comment is Din says, hello there, friend. He calls a, a droid a friend yep. mm-hmm. and that shows character development. Question is, those androids that were building the temple thing, um, were they the Boston Dynamics robots? 
Because that's what they reminded me of. <laughs> they did look like them. You're right. I, I wonder. That's. I, good I don't point. think I they, they are. actually feature no? them. But yeah, I don't think they actually are. <laughs> I know they had some I, of those ones in Mas Espa, like yeah. in the first or second episode, because Dom mentioned it. Right. Um, and I had to go back and look, but they looked a little different. I thought. Mm. Yeah. No, these were a little bit more ant-like. Like mm-hmm. their their legs were kind of out to the side while they were moving. So. Did you guys like cool how, though? Did you like how it looked like the rock was floating for a split second? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you you wonder about some of these buildings, like how do they get constructed? And that's mm-hmm. a really like this was such a cool. It, for, first off, it brought back like real StarCraft vibes, you know, where you go yeah. in and like you build your base and you have all your little uh, vehicles that are going out and grabbing the resources for you and building them. And that that to me was just perfect. That mm-hmm. that fits the theme of these expansionist sort of. Uh, you know the star wars thing where it's like okay we're smugglers and we're going to go to this planet and we need to build this stuff but i'm too lazy to build the stuff i'm not <laughs> going to build the stuff let's hire the androids so that you get the bundle of androids it's like a u-haul truck and right. it lands <laughs> builds the thing for you and then it, they get in the truck and like fly off afterwards <laughs> well i thought it was just a very interesting like uh, like kind of um commentary on technology that was just in general like because I, I couldn't help but think like contrast this operation with like the droid army, you know, uh, factory or like, like something out of like Terminator or something. There's just something like a very like unnatural menacing mm-hmm. kind of industrial, like over industrial kind of mentality versus this, which is like a really like, that's how ants build stuff. Yeah. Like I just mm-hmm. kept thinking it's so cool. Like there's these droids, but they fit this, this really like Edenic almost kind of setting in a weird way because there's like almost a natural quality to them. That was just something that struck me. I thought was cool. I was just happy that they weren't spider droids. Yes. <laughs> yeah, two more legs for some reason. It just it it's it, all over. it works. I yeah. I, I don't have a problem with ants at all. So uh, I don't know. Ants ants annoy me more than spiders. To be honest, it's weird. They they do more damage in the house. That, that's for sure. I don't know. Yes, exactly. They don't creep me out as much though. I know. I mean, I I used to have like my dad and I built uh an ant farm. Like oh, so yeah. like. I mean, I I don't really like ants by any means, but like I I have more fond memories with ants than I do with <laughs> with spiders. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I I really appreciated the the, the natural kind of quality that you pointed out, Mike, because that was something that 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 struck me too. Was like they would be the perfect ones to like haul these big rocks and stuff, because that's that's what ants do. So so yeah, very very appropriate and and fits the whole kind of you know, life theme, if you will, of what, what Luke's all about and, um, being in, in balance and, you know, with, with life and, and even with droids, it all kind of fits, fits together. I think it was also like the environment was a little bit more, um, suited to Luke and Grogu because, you know, as opposed to Luke and Yoda, um, Yoda being so ancient and then the planet that we met him on was very, um, like you, you could feel the 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 age, you know, of the planet yeah. and everything around it was like so old, you know, and Yoda was old. But here, like with the bamboo, like it's it's small in comparison to like a huge tree trunk, you know, and it has a strength, but also like a fragile, a fragility to it and like a, a more youthful feeling to it. Um, So. I thought that was interesting as well. Just the choice of bamboo to be one of the first things that we see to get a sense mm-hmm. of, of the scene. 
I loved how vibrant and lively the the planet was. And and I, I, I think that that, yeah, fit perfectly. Um, speaking of of then Luke and Grogu, the the next scene is 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 a really fun one. We have uh, Luke meditating with Grogu, and Grogu is distracted by a frog and and uses the force to 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 hold it up. And um, of course, Luke Luke chastises him, but then uses the force to to bring up all the frogs and to show him what what concentration can do. Um, I couldn't help but. <laughs> find parallels to this with my own prayer life. Um, I'm sure that you can probably relate that like <laughs> the distractions in prayer is what I'm, this is what I'm referring yep. to is as, as Grogu is like trying to meditate and that, you know, he kind of like keeps opening one eye and looking at the, looking at the frog <laughs> and then, you know, kind of follows his distraction and, and even, um, you know, just kind of, <laughs> Even in seminary, even, you know, as a as a priest kind of chastising myself when I when I find myself falling victim to like, OK, I was really not supposed to be thinking on that tangential thing. And let's refocus on on prayer. <laughs> so I thought that was that was fun. I love the sort of Kung Fu Panda moment we have here, too, where um, like Luke skips all the master shifu steps of like banging his head against the wall trying to train his, uh, <laughs> you know, his Poe. And he's like, oh, OK, you like the frogs? Yeah, here's here's what you can do if you actually like learn how to do this thing and <laughs> lifts all the frogs up out of this out of the swamp. Yeah, yeah. I love how Grogu just like looks at his, his little hand like that <laughs> <laughs> was like, such a great touch. <laughs> wow, <laughs> the also, puppeteers did an incredible job. This one, yeah. more than even more than before. <laughs> it also just reminds me of of in seminary we used to always joke that we would say that that the blessing would come out of this part of your hand as a priest like the the side of your hand that you're directing at the people <laughs> like that, that's that's where the that's where the power is the blessing beams um, <laughs> right uh even though that's not theologically correct just to, to point that out <laughs> um i wanted to kind of we we kind of mentioned it a little bit but I, I i wanted to kind of get more of your your take on um what you thought of Luke Skywalker and and specifically the 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 CGI technology that that brought him to life. Um, I didn't even. So to be completely honest, I did not realize that that was not like Mark Hamill actually recording lines. So the voice from what I've what I've read is an artificial intelligent sort of algorithm that's taken some of his past voice from from the movies and stuff and like stitches them together into these these phrases and so some have commented that that gives him sort of a like a, a a lack of emotional depth in his in his portrayal but i to be honest i didn't i i kind of liked the zen feel of of luke in in this mm -hmm. it didn't really feel drastically off to me i and so i wanted to kind of get what you guys uh thought about it as well well, I want to, and I, I want to look into it more because my I've heard a couple of different things, but I most recently I heard that supposedly this is just what I heard that that he was actually doing the new lines, but that it feeds it into some sort of filter. Basically, the AI basically matches it or or, or tweaks it based on a huge database of of prior recordings of his. Because I I don't think it's that's what was my understanding that it wasn't so much obviously just reconnecting old things he said because mm -hmm. like he never said grogu before he never you know like those kinds of things so if, if, I, th I, th I think i think heard that's it was like an I, audio version of, of deep fake kind of you know but yeah i don't know i think that that's what they did on at 
the the, the season two finale of Mandalorian. Okay. Um, okay. Because he was actually, I think he was on set too for that, but he did he record was. lines. Yeah, he didn't body but, double this time or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So this time, um, I think, Father, I read the same thing as you did. Okay. The, the Mark Hamill was not brought mm-hmm. on at all. And I, I think they developed the AI enough this time to where oh, they were okay. happy with it. Um, and yeah, they said they okay. don't even need him. So because <laughs> I know you uh, can do those. They were doing that thing with like Homer or Simpson like a year or so ago where like you could type in stuff and it was clunky, but it was like weird. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 like websites you know, like, now yeah, where they have like a bunch <laughs> of different characters you could do. And yeah, it's it's it is a little clunky. You're right. But like it, it's it's gotten way better. Right. And, and just better than I can only ago. imagine. Right. Yeah. I can only yeah. imagine what Disney and Lucasfilm have at their disposal as far as like, mm-hmm. you know, the technology that they're developing okay. themselves. So. So yeah, it, it is impressive that when I read that, I was like, wow, that's because yeah, I imagined the same thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as far, I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought Luke Skywalker was perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there's here and there, you, you know, uh, you, you get like that uncanny valley sort of thing, but mm-hmm. like it was not nearly as, you know, distracting or whatever you want to call it as it was at, at the season two finale. Um, mm-hmm. At this time, there were, I mean, there there were lots of close-ups and, and dialogue. And uh, I mean, broad, it was in broad daylight too. So, I mean, a lot of times when, you know, they're trying to hide, you know, mm-hmm. CGI, you know, they, they tend to do things in the shadows or the dark, yeah. but. Make it rain, they, make it dark. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but they were like showing off. I mean, they, it was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to me, it, it was like, like I said, it was perfect. I mean, you know, I, I think the audience having knowledge, you know, of, of the character and, and the actor who plays him and the fact that, you know, Mark Hamill's still alive. So we know like he's obviously granting his blessing for something like this. And it's a, such an iconic character that you can do that with him. You know, mm-hmm. you can do that with Luke. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I think this is not something that should be common practice, but like, I think for a, a situation like this with all those factors, you know, it, it, it honors the characters so much and it pleases the audience. I, I think obviously most people were just, you know, floored and excited and, and happy to, 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 to get so much Luke in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as long as the audience is happy. Um, and it's not again, distracting or the CGI is not like clunky. Cause I mean, well, Luke's in this for, for a good amount. Uh, and, uh, I, I felt like it was, it was handled like perfectly, you know? And, and again, I think father, you you made a good point. I think his, the Zen like quality kind of, you know, kind of fits with where he's at in his life. Um, and, uh, you know, if, uh, if this means we get, you know, more Luke in the future, then that's, you know, a bonus. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like want to do this for like, let's say like Leia or something like that. Um, cause again, I think, I think you'd want that the, the original actor to still be alive or, or at least grant their blessing, you know, and, and, and recreating them, uh, in such a way. Um, but, but yeah, I think. Would I do a whole movie with Luke like that? Probably not. But, you know, to, to see him like in an episode here or there, mm-hmm. um, 
to to have some like maybe small smaller story arcs uh, you know on a Mandalorian show or whatever um i think that i think that fits great um and yeah it, it to me it was like again i i i i could not have imagined a better portrayal of 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 luke um knowing that we don't have a young mark hamill but mm-hmm. the fact that we can recreate him in such a way is is pretty amazing yeah i think too you have one of the one of the the ways you can use this technology that's not necessarily taking an existing actor's face and putting it on uh you know on a on a figure to do is with so many aliens being such an active part of of star wars the ability to not have to model an alien into a scene but to be able to to do a really detailed computer rendering and then take that alien's face and put it on a figure using this ai kind of uh you know compilation of, of images and and to see it work so flawlessly here in 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 a very good way to to very clearly work with all of the action that he was going through and everything that's the way i see this going forward in star wars just to really be used to like okay you know cad bane was awesome i love i love the way that cad bane came out but let's say that we want to just throw in uh, an alien in the background really quickly and we have this technology accessible that can just make it happen and you're going to see it fit more clearly the the a panoply of of everybody that's part of star wars yeah and just real quick to throw in there um you i knew that the technology for the voice was there um a couple of years ago i read that there's a in northeastern university they have what's um voice preservation clinic i think where you can actually donate your voice for someone who has lost their voice due to mm. some kind of physical ailment um or or mental ailment um so it just takes like two or three hours apparently like in a recording booth to donate your voice so that they can actually use this technology to basically recreate a voice that would fit someone of, of that age or, or, you know, gender. So wow. just thought I'd throw that out there cause that's pretty cool in, in case anybody's interested in it. This does raise another just important, well, I guess it's a question. I don't know if it's an important question, but I've, I've kind of like struggled with it. I, I want to see more Luke, but at the same time I was sort of expecting not to see Luke. So the amount of Luke that we got was was really cool and and really well done. Uh, but the question that I that I have for you guys is is you know would you prefer to continue to see this kind of technology versus having someone recast as Luke? So I mean, there's there's all the chatter out there of Sebastian Stan, like you know having a a similar facial structure to Luke, or you know we have Han Solo being have has already been recast, you know, in the Solo movie and. You know, and I think there's something beneficial to having, you know, a different actor play the role. And and there's nothing wrong with multiple actors playing, you know, a particular role. You know, even as we see, you know, Ahsoka's got a voice actor and then uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, the, the physical uh, live action. So I guess I guess would you guys prefer to continue to see this kind of technology um, versus having someone recast? And I'm I'm still like completely in the middle there. I don't even know which direction I would go at this point. I think I I'm I I guess it would kind of play into two sort of considerations here. Because for me, I think I think it all has to do with how much you intend this this character, how much you want this character to be used. Because I think you know, I mean, I I love him. I love what they're doing. 
but I don't know. I mean, I, I would, of course, love it if they made like a Luke Skywalker show. But but <laughs> I think it needs to be I think there needs to be some balance there because you don't want to burn the character out either. I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to that's that's what Last Jedi is for. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got I've got him right here. I've got him. Right here. Old man right here. But um, and I'm not, you know, you know just to be clear, I, I, I have my issues with the sequel trilogy, but I, I don't write them off necessarily i think there's there's some good theory of sort of themes there um and um you know but i think i i would love to see for example like when luke says to ahsoka you know will i see you again and you know perhaps like that's a yes you know what i mean it's like, <laughs> but but i think that you have a tremendous opportunity to like how excited i was to see Cobb vanth when i wasn't quite expecting it if it's like every single week it's like oh how's luke gonna pop into this one you know it's like i just feel like they'll kind of overplay the hand a little bit so with with that in mind, I'd say just keep developing this technology and give us 1983 Mark Hamill every time. You know, it's like this. It's just I don't think that'll ever get old. But but on on the turn of that, if you decide to make a Jedi Academy show, mm-hmm. go ahead and and cast someone else for yeah. it. Right? Yes. Yeah. So. And, and expand so, yeah. the character at that point. Sure. Yeah. And Sebastian stands a good age for that too. Right. Yeah, and I think even with this technology, it's probably it, it takes so much money and effort just to mm-hmm. get what we got. Like I, I could only imagine how hard it would be to do a series where he's the the main character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I mentioned, I think if you're going to do a series or a movie that's featuring Luke, totally cast Sebastian Stan or whoever. Um, uh, because especially if you're going to do like a lot of action scenes, you know, yeah. like <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be all, it's going to be impossible unless you just put a hood over his head. Like we saw, you know, in the, in the season two finale. Um, because the technology is not quite there yet. I mean, mm-hmm. if we get still, you know, a lot of still shots, you know, very minimal movement, then yeah, you can you can get away with it. But the, but yeah, the technology is not there. To, I think for, to, to, like I said, to feature him in a in a series or or a movie. So, so yeah, that's I think that's that's where I stand on it. There's something to be said about um how an actor who is cast to play a character has a certain ownership over the choices that are made when they are, um, when they're acting and that they can vouch for those choices with the director and the creators. Um, and when you're getting actors who are kind of filling in someone else's shoes in a way, because Luke Skywalker is always going to be Mark Hamill's character, you get less of that. You know, um, and even if you recast like Sebastian Stan, it's it's kind of going to be, well, what would Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker do? Um, Mm. And we've seen that in different, you know, iterations of different characters over, you know, the last few decades. Um, But to I think, you know, to incorporate this technology more and more into filmmaking, you start to get into that conversation of the value of having a person, a specific person kind of adapting and adopting an identity, a fictional identity in a way, and really have um, a stewardship of the character. Mm -hmm. And we know that Mark Hamill has really vouched for that as well um, over the years. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think that's very important. And I hope that the filmmaking community um, continues to think about that and, and just about the individual choices that are involved. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you run into the bond effect too, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, so, I mean, there's no shortage of debate 
over who the real James Bond is, the better James Bond. But I think that 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 discussion itself can be fun and helpful and help drive the character in some ways. And, you know, so but if, yeah, the only way you do that is to have it be more than one person, you know. Yeah. And of course, Con- also- Connery's the best, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but and with, with Bond, though, and I was thinking of Batman as, as yeah. another example, yes. right? Where yeah. we've had so many Batmans. And it's, yeah. the, the issue there is that those characters existed outside of the movies first. And right. so they were never originally portrayed by someone. Whereas right. Luke was originally portrayed by That's Mark Hamill. So it's mm-hmm. always going to be difficult to escape mm-hmm. that. Right. The the other thing that I was kind of thinking about, too, is is I would be nervous of going too far into the technology realm when it comes to a live action TV show or movie, because I think part of the, the joy and the fun of watching live action is the realness of the human body mm. that's there, the person sure. that's acting. You know, we have we have all the technology with the animated shows and it's truly wonderful. Right. But if there's something about a live action that just brings a whole new depth to things. So, I mean, even if you, you go to the theater and you see a, a play or a production in, in live action, but I think also too, in movies, it, it, I, I like the grounded and realness that it is. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm, st- I don't know if I'll have be settled on the debate on whether I want more Luke this way or not, but it's, well, give us an animated great. show <laughs> yeah? with them, right? Luke and Han and Leia. Yeah. Well, and real quick to your point, Father, you know, we're not just bodies, right? Right. Like, yeah, it's great to have just a a physical body there, but we are not just bodies. (laughs) That's what the computer's recreating, but the computer can't recreate somebody who Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. a a soul and a spirit, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a totally different dimension. Yeah. Yeah. So... well, if, can I say one more thing yep. too, Angela? That's a brilliant point because I was I forgot about this, but uh, when people were talking about the voice, um, I was reminded of, and I got to remember, gosh, what where it's from? Oh, it's from it's from C.S. Lewis. It's from um, one of the space trilogy books where the the uh, and now it's one of the good guy characters that he hears, but it's like this angelic character he has the the first interaction with, and he describes the I'll never forget the line is like something to the effect of you know it was a voice with no blood in it. No, but but mm. it was a, it was a special case in that because it's this angelic creature who doesn't have blood or any kind of material aspect. So it's like trying to like how do you understand this voice that's bloodless? But it's not exactly the same thing if it's a com- even a really accurate computer generated you know synthesis of this famous voice that they've you know just fed hours of audio books and stuff into. Because again, yeah, Mark Hamill's not in the booth saying the line, so that is weird, you know. Yeah, well. Needless to say, the technology there is is truly come come around uh, to something spectacular. So um, we'll likely see more of it and we'll kind of keep keep all these points in mind as we go forward. Uh, but back to uh, the, the planet with Luke and Grogu, uh, there's some there's a number of, of fun scenes here. Uh, Luke uh, tells Grogu about Yoda, which was a, a really kind of heartwarming scene. Uh uh, we hear Yoda's theme played in the background musically, which was which was an awesome nod there. Uh, I also liked how Luke uses the Force to to gently lift Grogu as as they're walking along, because mm-hmm. otherwise you have to you have to carry him like like Din Din had to do. Um, we also I get a... used that skill today a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Would have come in handy. Um, we also get the the scene where Luke helps Grogu remember a little bit of of what happened during Order sixty six. And so that was uh, quite uh, traumatic. And um, 
basically we 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 now have confirmation that that Grogu was in the temple during Order sixty six, and uh, he saw three Jedi Knights that were taken down by clone troopers. Um, there's some speculation about who they might be. Um, and I don't really know if we want to get into that at all or not, but, uh, there was a, a point that someone thought that, uh, Barris Ophi, is that how you, Ophi, Ophi, yeah. Ophi, uh, her crest is seen on the wall. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough it about is. her character <laughs> to even join in that yeah. speculation, but um, I think Mace Windu saved him because <laughs> he dusted himself <laughs> off. Where he was he ran out in the rain, got cooled off, and the first place he goes is the temple. So no, I don't Not know. We'll see. Gotta get that little green guy. <laughs> but it does raise a point there that we don't we we still don't actually see like who rescued him. We just see that he no. was there and that these three Jedi mm-hmm. are are taken out. We don't we still don't know what happened to him after that. And you know he's way too young to save himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's just an innocent, yeah. Well, and there's de- I mean, you can even debate whether or not he was saved because he was in a rather precarious situation, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. In this little pod stuck with these bunch of mercenaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did read one theory. I mean, I don't know if I, I believe it uh, because of what we've seen so far. Um, but there was a theory that that Palpatine hired Boba Fett as a young, you know, as one of his first jobs, you know, for the Empire as like a teenage, you know, bounty hunter uh, to uh, to kidnap Grogu. Um, so they could start experimenting on him. Um, and he, and like Palpatine, like the reasoning was Palpatine wouldn't trust, you know, any of his people. He would, he would, cause you know, Palpatine hired bounty hunters to do certain things mm-hmm. and, and not, there was stuff that he didn't tell Vader about. Um, so that was one theory, which I, I can maybe see like maybe Palpatine being behind, you know, like, like you mentioned, maybe he wasn't rescued. Maybe he was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, make sure we don't kill this one. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, make sure Anakin leaves this one alone. Um, so yeah, that, that could be that. Uh, that's, that's something I think that might have some, you know, merit to it. Uh, wasn't there a clone wars episode where Cad was kidnapping force sensitive kids? Mm-hmm. Yes, actually you're right. That just came back Cad. to me. It could oh have my been gosh. Cad. That's a good point. He did do that. You're right. Yeah, he's he's done that before. I think that was that was in Rebels too. Oh my gosh! Either no. way, <laughs> that's like, yeah. and that's the, the, my my theory here is this. I I think that Grogu was taken by the Empire. That he was huh. taken to one of these gene manipulation facilities or or study facilities or whatever, and then he was kidnapped from there by some rebel force, and that's the force that. Din is oh. then sent to get him from because it's the Empire that's hiring Din to go get right. him in the first you know? place. Right, they want him oh, back. Oh, true. Right. They know about yeah. him. Right. Yes. They have his chain code or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think so. the Bad Batch? Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's been speculated. <laughs> that's been speculated Dude. the whole time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Live action Bad Batch. Oh, yes. Man. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I fully expect that all these answers will slowly come trickling down you know, over the next <laughs> five to 10 years. The nice so. thing about the Bad Batch, of course, is that they're, they deliberately don't really all look the same. So you can have five actors play mm-hmm. them, right? Four or five mm-hmm. actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, back to, uh, back to, the, the, to the planet. Uh, we, we get a reintroduction of another character that I was not expecting at all. <laughs> we get Ahsoka 
to come back and have a fun interaction with with her her and din um i i liked her line when she when she tells uh din why she's there she said she's an old friend of the family relating to to the Mm -hmm. skywalkers and uh and she tells she tells din that what they're doing there is they're building the the jedi academy and we have um i mean we have this whole scene too where where they go for a walk and and ahsoka and din are, are talking and din wants to um make sure that grogu is safe and has this gift for him and ahsoka's trying to gently tell din that it wouldn't be a good thing for him to go see grogu um cuz it could derail him from his his training and and everything and and so din din makes the the difficult decision to leave the gift with ahsoka and and leave without seeing grogu and i thought that this was acted very very well you could hear in din's voice the the longing you know to to go see grogu and the the struggle uh, i think was also uh visible uh with with din in a way he made more progress quicker um in regards to attachment than luke and anakin did at first mm-hmm. yeah that yeah wow um i hadn't even con- connected those uh those before uh so going back to Ahsoka, um, I assume all of you were very happy to see her. Were you just as surprised to see her as I was? Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> very. I, I think I figured she was going to be there. Like when when they ended up where they did, I figured that she was going to be there because she's kind of his gateway into the Jedi community, and so he needed that sort of view into it because you know he was he was struggling with the the Jedi thought process and i don't think luke could have broached this topic with him the same way that she was able to i was surprised because i sort of expected ahsoka to still be on her mission which i think she's still going to be on her mission because even later on she tells luke that perhaps she'll she'll see him again so i think we're still getting i I think she's still going to go off on her mission that we'll see in, in the ahsoka show uh later on um, we then get sort of a, a real fun sequence of Grogu's training, and there were very clear parallels to uh, Luke's training in uh, The Empire Strikes Back, uh, from just him learning how to how to jump, which was adorable. Um, <laughs> we had the uh, Luke Luke saying that he was trying too hard, so don't try, do. So we've got the the do or do not. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no try uh, mantra going on there. Uh, we've got Luke loading Grogu in a backpack and running through the forest. Yes, <laughs> that had to happen. I'm so glad they went yeah. there. <laughs> Even did the flip. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Grogu learning to balance using the force on a tree branch over the water, and that that felt oddly reminiscent of Luke balancing on one hand and and floating the the rocks. Um. And then the the fun sequence of Luke using a training remote to <laughs> that was my favorite to, to test the reflexes, awesome. just blast him. <laughs> uh, but it was he took it like a champ, though he really did. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and 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 he used it, you know, to to teach him. You know, he says, you know, to always always get back up, and and of course yeah. that was sort of the the conclusion of when he was trying to teach him or trying to help him use the force to jump this was the the culmination of that this is where he finally uses mm-hmm. the force to to jump and and dodge and uh is able to to take down the the remote uh, pr- uh the remote droid 
Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of fun stuff there. Did you, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts there to share. No, because I know this will be a long show and I'm saving some of my other thoughts for us. <laughs> well, then we will, uh, we will keep on, keep on going. Um, we have a, a cool moment between Luke and Ahsoka. I think a lot of people were, were very happy to see those two characters actually interact in canon and not just kind of hopeful. Uh, so, so that was, that was fun. And, and of course, Ahsoka gives, uh, the gift to Luke, um, to give to Grogu later and, and we'll get to that. And real quick, I, I liked that we didn't, that, that they dropped us into, like, we don't know how, how often they've seen each other. Like they're obviously comfortable enough with mm-hmm. each other that you get the impression that they've had some interaction for a while. And I mean, there was all this speculation, right? You know, and, um, uh, after, uh, that season finale, uh, of season two with Mandalorian that where did he where did he learn those old school saber techniques you know like because there were certain there's certain things I went back and watched it a bunch the security camera footage and all that just that whole sequence with the dart troopers like he's got certain you know form hat tips to to different you know there's, there's some Anakin style stuff that he's doing mm-hmm. and um and it was just like that's he didn't learn that from Obi-Wan everybody else is dead supposedly so it's just like I feel like it's they didn't officially say it in this episode, but I'm I'm pretty strongly head canoning that that he's been training <laughs> with Ahsoka, which is such a beautiful like that as a Catholic, there's almost like this not quite apostolic succession, but there's a little bit of this like mm-hmm. it's almost like he's kind of trained by his dad, you know, in this this beautiful way. And uh, I have no doubt that we're going to be seeing some down the road here, at least, you know, some some force ghost connections you know, to kind of round some of this out eventually wouldn't surprise me, which would be pretty awesome, especially with Hayden officially mm-hmm. booked for, you know, the Ahsoka series too, not just uh, Kenobi. The other option is R2. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe he had recordings. Yeah, that's true. That he showed yeah. recordings. Yeah. I also think it's, it's beautiful there too, if you think about it, that Anakin trained Ahsoka and then Ahsoka is able to kind of become the master and train mm-hmm. Luke to some degree. So there's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the <laughs> succession there too, but just Ahsoka mm-hmm. being able to kind of share wisdom from what she experienced with Anakin and, and his downfall and pass that on to Luke or the, we assume that this kind of already has happened to some degree. So we do, uh, leave, uh, leave this, this wonderful planet and head back to Tatooine because that's where we're heading for the finale. And so Din has accomplished more or less uh going to see grogu and goes back to to boba's palace i keep wanting to call it jabba's palace in my head because that's just <laughs> what i've called it for decades and uh arrives in time to to get the debrief from from fennec shand and who is telling the the group there uh that mayor shais is out of town or a flown off world and so they're expecting the pikes to to attack fairly soon and so they've they've got all the the muscle there. They've got Din. They've got Chrysanthemum, um, and they've got the 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 young uh, cybernetic punks. I guess I don't know what you want to call them. The mods. The yeah, the mods. The mods. Uh, but they are of course still needing some some foot soldiers, and so that's what prompts Din to then go uh, to Mos Pelgo to uh, to to check in with with Cobb Vanth. And just a quick point, uh, when he goes to Mos Pelgo, I loved seeing the Jawas and the, the crate <laughs> dragon that's tied on to the top of, of the sand crawler. 
uh, that, that was, was very Texas. Because <laughs> I've seen a lot of skulls on trucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think these, like the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, have made me just love Jawas more than I ever could have before. They are they are <laughs> such a fun, a fun group of or fun species. Amy Sedaris and that that <laughs> yeah. whole interaction yeah. with us. <laughs> it's just they're so good. That was a complete they're, win. They're furry, yeah. very furry. Very furry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Din lands and uh, connects up with with uh marshall cobb vanth uh we meet uh his deputy who's a bit uh who's a bit of a um he's he's kind of jumpy and he's not not quite trustworthy uh yet that was my ham solo by the way it was deputy scott because there was a lot of chatter about like that you guys couldn't come up with something more spacey than that <laughs> he wasn't worthy of it deputy scott he put way too much faith in that bob marley song <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh well that's <laughs> um i also totally related that uh to to cobb vanth when he asks uh din where's the little guy like yeah. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. everyone's common question where where's yeah. where's the little guy uh so they have this this conversation din is is trying to convince cobb to get the people of of freetown as, as now they're calling it instead of mas pelgo uh, trying to get the the members of Freetown to come and help uh, help Boba Fett uh, defend against the, the the coming war with the Pikes, and um, a point there that I I really appreciated was Din Din makes the point that okay you might be okay right now, but this is a uh, like you all share the same planet and the Pikes are they're gonna affect you even if this this particular battle isn't going to affect you directly. The whole thing is going to affect you at some point. And so I, I really appreciated that because I, I think that that, that idea is, um, you know, we, we need to kind of keep that in mind in our, in our modern day too, that like often we can kind of look at like things happening, you know, on the other side of the world and just sort of put it out of our minds and say like, yeah, it's, it's whatever it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not affecting me. When in reality, I mean, we all we all share the same humanity. We we you know we're all connected at some point, and so we do want to try our best to you know when things are going bad on the other side of the world to to help out how we can, and um, often that means you know just trying to support those organizations that that do help out uh, in those those kind of things. And um, it's just important to kind of keep in mind the the solidarity of the human family across the world. And so I appreciated that that was the <clears throat> the the rationale that that din was using to try to convince them to to come and help uh join the fight i just think of the pandemic as the physical manifestation of that yeah yeah mm -hmm. we're i mean we're all connected and and it's uh we we don't want to kind of lose we don't want to fall into an isolationist sort of mentality because that's just uh that that's that that doesn't work and that's not uh that's not who we are Another fun quip that that uh, happens. Cobb Cobb sort of agrees and and figures he's gonna he's gonna do what he can to help, and uh, he makes the comment. He says that big smile of yours lets lets you get away with anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, who else thought he was gonna take his helmet off at that moment? <laughs> I, I thought I, I thought that was a little like you know way into that like because he he hasn't seen him with his helmet off. Doesn't know that that's right. something that's like now a thing. That occasionally mm -hmm. he does when he means it, but well, that's no. what they were 
the first time he was in Mos Pelgo, they were, I think they were all trying to get him to take his helmet off, right? Like that mm-hmm. was a whole thing in the, the season was like, like trying to get him was. to take his helmet off. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm misremembering that anyway. That, 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 I, I forget if it was Mos Pelgo or if it was someone else, but that, that did happen for sure. Um, I'm just, yeah, not quite. No, it was, uh, was, was it? I know it happened with, um, that. The other bounty hunter that went with, with him to get Fennec was trying to get him to take his helmet off too. Of course, they just made a big deal about that in the entirety of season one. Yeah. So. Right. So either way, he doesn't take off his helmet and I, I expect him to at some point. And we get perhaps the (laughs) biggest moment for Angela in the entire, uh, the entire episode. Would yes. you like to, would you like to lead this, <laughs> lead this part, Angela? Well, my husband and I were talking about how successful the cinematography was mm. that, um, first of all, you get the winds of change. Like, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but there was this wind chime yep. that like <laughs> the breeze blew in and it was like, that's a very Western trope that like the winds of change come into town and here comes a stranger and the what my husband was saying was as like a not quite as as crazy of a Star Wars fan as me, but he is a little bit older than me and he remembers much clearer um, Jaws and watching Jaws. He said it kind of reminded him of that because the menace, you know, is coming like there's something on the horizon that's coming. And the way that the the scene was shot um, and directed the different shots. So you, you see what's coming and then the reaction shots that follow sort of inform you as to how you're supposed to feel about what's coming. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get like the deputy look like, Oh, what's going on? And, and you get Cobb looking nervous and you get him saying, you know, get everybody inside. And, and so, but all the while there's something that's coming closer and closer and closer. And so they very successfully brought him in because he is a very different looking character. I mean, he's blue and he's a cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) He's different, you know? And, and so to just, my husband was saying like, if they just had him walk in and all of a sudden he's on camera, it would have looked a little bit goofy, maybe like a little Mm -hmm. bit off, but for him to be this menace, that is this potential threat that's coming in. And they don't really show his eyes right away up. either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when he, when he's there, it's still like this reveal. And exactly. Reveal, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> I just, I loved it. Every, every minute of it. I think it was the most successfully shot and directed sequence in the whole episode. Mm. Um, Amen. <laughs> and, and also just um, how we really did get the wild west feel of the you know, we've gotten a lot of these with the gunfight kind of, you know, nods within Star Wars, The Mandalorian, now Boba Fett. But um, I, I felt like this one was much more on the nose and um, something that, you know, you were talking like about how people have like tried to update online, mm-hmm. like the the version of Cad Bane that we saw to look more like the cartoon. I kind of felt like and I said this in our Slack, too, that um, his his skin and stuff i think probably dave filoni was helping to inform that to be very much like the stranger you know um in in the westerns right like Mm -hmm. and so to to look like him um was i think 
part of the the inspiration and the homage. Um, so, yeah. And the Duro species. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the, the, the Duro, right? The Duros, yep, yep. I think, the mm-hmm. species. Because you see, you see at least, well, I forget how many. I didn't go back and double check. But, you know, you, that's, you know, that's a new hope. Um, and yep. I, I, I might be wrong on this, but I know a lot of the costumes in the original Cantina were hodgepodge together from stuff they could get from all kinds of costume departments and stuff from what they had access to at 20th Century Fox. Like it was, they had to work with a lot of what they had. And so what I love about him, I always loved about him, but seeing it like this again, it really, you have this, this sort of Western trope, which is just iconic American cinema with some very like 20th century, 1950s, 60s era looking alien Mm -hmm. kind of looking guy, you know, just a real kind of old school sci-fi alien looking guy, but very Star Wars. So anyway, I just, I, yeah, I loved it. Well, it's still got that, that hodgepodge Star Wars feel to it with the, you know, he's got those pipes right. that come out right. and yeah. plug into his face mm-hmm. and everything. And it's, it, I mean, he was a very well-designed character to begin with, but then seeing him come to life was uh-huh. so cool. And and that, you know, as he's walking up, I'm like, oh, are we getting another animated character walking on screen? And my kids are all like, who, who? And I'm like, come on, guys, you don't, how do you not know who this yeah. is? the moment. Seriously. Oh, man. Oh, first frame yeah yeah did you guys notice his pants too this is a little detail but when he pulls his jacket back two things i noticed was first of all i love with him and Cobb vantau this is like you know this this galaxy far far away high-tech blaster pistols and they're so clearly you know like like the like the the butt of like a colt or something like it it has that wild western style just the 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 hill but also or the handle but then the um his pants had that sort of like an old west kind of look in terms of the weave of them like even the style of the the, the mm-hmm. cloth itself looked kind of wild west it was just it was really every little detail was so cool yeah and i like how it wasn't like a fully cgi character like right like the face like obviously the 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 makeup and especially the mouth and uh you know the the teeth and all that like it was very it was all practical mm-hmm. and that, so the mix of the practical with like the you know the, i'm sure the eyes were mostly cgi um, like it, I thought it was just a perfect mix and, and, uh, and obviously, you know, getting the same voice actor to do it was the obvious choice, yeah. uh, uh, which was just added to, you know, the, the, his, his presence on the show. So yeah, it was like, I, I was hoping for Cad Bane. And I forgot I had hoped for Cad Bane because I was hoping for yeah, I was hoping for a live action Cad Bane, you know, on the show. But I was not thinking about him like as, in regards to this specific yeah. episode. Mm. Um, so it was another pleasant surprise for me. Yeah. Um, and and again, like like we we just mentioned, like just instantly we knew it was him. Like way off into the distance, <laughs> you know, that 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 blurry, dusty shot, we knew right away it was him. And and. Uh, that that anticipation of of getting to see what he looked like was was very well uh, well directed and um, and yeah he was menacing uh, and yeah yeah and and uh, I, there's a theory that I that I uh, that I read that uh, maybe he's the one that took out the Tuscan Raiders. Um, mm. so likely. Yeah, and Angela doesn't want to hear that though. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We already talked but, about this a little bit. Yeah, we talked about it in our Slack. But the thing is, okay, that was my initial. That was my initial reaction. Like, oh, no, that's right. but you then I have to that. hate yeah. him. But right. it's it's very likely, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, he does. I mean, for him, it's just about the money, right? Yeah. So, for the he'll do anything for the right price. So, um, 
there's one thing we do know: the Pikes have plenty of money, and plenty of spice. Um, so if he's working for them, he's 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 capable of doing anything. So yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. I will point out that for me, um, it was it was really cool to see him. I did not even think about the the color of his skin like it didn't i didn't even realize that it was a thing until <laughs> yeah. i went online and i was like oh people are he's blue people I mean, are having issues blue. with this <laughs> um so i i really i really loved uh the way that he looked i loved his hat you know and definitely that whole that whole scene and it just it makes it makes sense for the story for him to be on the side of the pikes and you know we're we're going into a a clear battle between him and Boba and Din mm-hmm. and, and, you know, so it'll be that the finale is going to be, it's going to be great. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, so well, and, and they need, they need this, they needed this too, because they don't have anybody be- before Cad Bane walks in. They don't mm-hmm. have anybody on that team that like feels like a threat to now, right. you know, this combined force of superheroes from the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah. The, an- the anti-Avengers. Avengers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, Can you, I'm just, I'm dying for like a, I'm just dying for like Cad to somehow temporarily in the fight, get the dark saber <laughs> and then Boba to beat Cad and have the dark saber. <laughs> I'm just, and no one has to die, right? Like, you know, that doesn't, you don't have to die just to win in combat. So you can do all that and have everyone be all beat up and then Cad Bane gets away. And I, I don't know. I just. Yeah, I don't want him to die. I want him to lose. I want him to get the dark saber as a bridge to Boba getting the dark saber. That's my hope. <laughs> well, I think we've mentioned it before that that's that's kind of one of our kind of prominent theories is that eventually Boba is going to probably be be the Mandalore versus Din. I think Din has to be. Just seems to make more sense. Yeah, I, I think know. Din is destined to be a dad to Grogu. Mm-hmm. But I guess guess we'll see. So leading into that, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the the final thing to note on Tatooine was that the the Pikes show up to the sanctuary with a Camtono and oh, yeah. blow it up. So I was very sad to see that happen. I've I've yeah. kind of grown fond of that place, and that's that's going to be the the spark that you know starts the war. So and then the the final the final scene is Luke giving Grogu the the choice between the Mandalorian um the gift the the chainmail which I totally figured that's exactly what he was going to get was a was a little chainmail it's uh, so perfect <laughs> right um the choice between that and going back to to Din and basically being a Mandalorian um the choice between that or taking Yoda's old lightsaber and fully committing to being trained as a as a Jedi I was not expecting this to be an either or sort of choice here. I think in my mind, I was hoping for a Tar Vizla kind of thing where he could, he could be <laughs> Jedi and Mandalorian. Well, he can't, he's never going to be able to remove the fact that he is a force user. You know, that's right. That's part of who he is. And so I, he's going to have to wrestle with that continuously and come to terms with that. But I do like the fact that they're providing him this room to be, a force user that doesn't have to be a Jedi. I think um, there was even a little cue. I just rewatched it tonight. Um, I mean, I think I, I don't really know. It's it's up to anybody's opinion, of course. But I mean, I think everybody, for the most part, probably assumes that he's going to pick Din. And we've already, you know, like a little cockpit. Like there's some convenient things that have happened, right? In the M1 <laughs> yeah. Starfighter. And all. But that aside, I think rewatching it tonight, I think there was a really telling little 
uh, visual sort of clue because like he when Luke sets the choice up for him, he looks down at the at the uh, the armor, looks at the lightsaber, looks back at the armor. So he's now looked at the armor two times and then he looks at Luke, you know, so it, it wasn't it, it's he looked at the armor twice. He looked at the lightsaber once. That's my little visual cue, I think. But I just think Luke's going to give him the lightsaber anyway. Because what does Luke want with a two foot long, <laughs> like a pops, like, you know, he, he doesn't need it, you know, like, um, and somebody pointed out that one of the, I didn't, I don't read the comics, but one of the rise of Kylo Ren comics, in which I guess is, it's canon, it's, you know, Charles Sewell, I mm-hmm. guess, and he's, he's got the little frame in there where it shows the snapshot of the students at the temple. And Ben specifically says, I was his first student. The others came shortly after, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I feel like, you know, with, with, um, with Ahsoka making that mention that, you know, specifically that Grogu would be the first. We know yeah. that he's not at the temple in that in that uh, comic book, at least not there. And no one can bear the thought of him being part of what happens there. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> if it's the same this spot. Could yeah, be so the, these are some this could be the storyline that tells us why yeah. Grogu is not there when right. Ben goes on his yeah. killing spree. And it... it, it it makes sense. Um, I I just want I want little training montage with the lightsaber forms so that you know, <laughs> the two of them are doing lightsaber forms yeah. together. Oh my gosh! I I dark, always dark, take dark saber in one hand, lightsaber in the other. <laughs> I always take a slight offense at um, the way that Luke uh, described though the choice of choosing yeah. the the Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. because he he frames it as a way of giving into attachment to those you love and then forsaking the way of the jedi but there's like this implication that giving into love is wrong mm-hmm. and i and i mm-hmm. didn't really appreciate that luke is the biggest well, luke is the well, biggest that's what he did. we we, we right. know that <laughs> right yeah, he, he, he went right. to save Mark. yeah <laughs> like when Yoda told him not to like he yeah he's the biggest hypocrite it's, that's what we, gave him the last boost he needed to fight darth <laughs> and get his hand cut right, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's like come on i mean i think <laughs> i think luke you know he could never escape you know that like he can talk the talk you know of the way of the jedi and all that and then you know it 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 took him in an old age you know uh and and wanting to isolate himself to be like oh yes all this jedi stuff is crap like mm-hmm. uh you know it he finally just came to grips with with what he kind of knew all along i mean I, he took it to an extreme i think uh, you know ahsoka is a way better example yeah. where like she's not a jedi but she's still reasonable and and she mm-hmm. sees the good that Jedi could do. Is this not for her? For 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 Luke, you know, for you know whatever reason, probably probably because of all the life experiences he's had. <laughs> it's 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 more black and white for him. It's like it's either the Jedi way or like we totally have to get rid of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and obviously that 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 goes into some of the problems that people have with Last Jedi. But we won't get into that. But like the 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 point is that he's always kind of wrestled with these things so he, he he might be saying these words and 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 he's trying to be like this obviously he's starting this jedi academy but like uh, he, we know already he doesn't truly you know walk that walk like he mm-hmm. he does give into love like you mm-hmm. mentioned father like he does take you know there are certain things that just take priority where you have to like shift from whatever you know, 
uh, belief, you know, belief system, you know, that's, that's not, you know, it's not, it's not divine, you know, is this a way it's like, you know, something, something akin to like martial arts, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like the Jedi way. Um, but like, it's, it's, we already know he doesn't mean that. And, and, and I think that's part of the reason why he's, he's probably willing to give him the choice. You know, he could have, he could have not, he could have taken the gift and hid it from him. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, he could have, he could have made the choice to be like, okay, I know he's weak now, but like eventually he'll, you know, I can form him to where he'll, you know, forget about his attachment to Din and, and, and go on, you know, with the Jedi way. Um, I think Luke's ego is, is big enough for him to, to believe he could do that. But I think, I think it, it's the empathy that he has for him. That's, that's leading him to give him that choice. Mm-hmm. I think the, the key there is that both paths have to have love. Otherwise it's not mm-hmm. actually fulfilling in any sense. Um, of course the danger is to, to have um, kind of the possessive sort of um, uh attachment if you will towards someone else so i mean so there in in either in either choice there has to be a healthy detachment but that doesn't mean it's devoid of love affection even a certain amount of attachment i mean you can't you can't avoid that um and i i would be well, I just and i just yeah go ahead oh no because i was just gonna say because i again you know because it's like well what what was it that that made him in return of the jedi you know, pursue that, that arc that is so iconic to everything of, of seeing his father's redemption through, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole point of everything was him holding on to this hope that his father could make this switch back, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would be remiss too, if I didn't mention that this is, this is also clearly a vocation, uh, choice, sort of um reality in parallel and um <laughs> father roderick uh did a video on this and and of course I, mm. I i feel like i'm just echoing him when i when i even speak about this but both of us being ordained priests there's a very there's a shared experience there um you know the idea that choosing um and, and like grogu's choice is not a choice between a good thing and a bad thing the the choice is between mm-hmm. two good things right right and that's what makes it a difficult decision and in the vocation world, whether you're called to marriage or single life or religious life or, or priesthood, the same thing is true. Like you're not choosing between, well, there's clearly a good choice to make and a, I'm saying no to the bad choice, you know? So even in my own discernment, I, in saying yes to priesthood, you know, I, I am saying no to other things, having a family um, of my own and, and those sorts of things. But that doesn't mean that I'm giving up, you know, love and relationships either. Um, and, and vice versa. And in someone who is, is, um, entering into marriage is saying no to a religious vocation or, a you know, uh, life as a single person or, or wherever the other choices are. And, and so there's a, there's a parallel there that I can, I can understand. I think we all, to some degree, at least, um, unless you're still young enough that you haven't really engaged those vocation questions yet. Uh, there's a, there's a way that we can relate to what Grogu is, is experiencing and that, that I think is, is important. And so even though I, I hope that he could do both, I, I do have a, a appreciation for the fact that this is set up in a kind of an either or sort of sort of way. And if I could kind of bring up a bridge as the Bendu between <laughs> um, the last the last scene and this scene, 
Um, if you remember the weekly proprietor of the bar, um, <laughs> the saloon, um, when he is hearing about Din's proposal for the town, he's like, nope, that's not us. That's not our problem. But then when um, Cad Bane comes into town and makes, you know, all the commotion that he does, then Weekway Proprietor um, kind of has this look in his eye like, okay, we have to do something. Um, and I think that theme is very similar to this discussion of vocation and choice because it has to do with um, either being stuck in our ways in our comfortable place and where we want to be, where we have control, and then going into a place that's uncomfortable and stretches us and where we can learn and grow. Um, and so that is kind of what I see as, you know, bringing it down to like the the micro level of the like everyday, like, because we don't make huge vocational decisions every day, but we do make choices of like, Mm -hmm. Am I just going to be comfortable right now or am I going to step out of my comfort zone and allow myself to like encounter another person to like encounter my my little um, insecurities, you know, that I have and all kinds of things mm -hmm. and and be stretched, you know. So um, there is definitely that place of conversation that is about love. You know, obviously love has to inform everything that we do. But also we have to think about, you know, fear is sort of the opposite of love. And so if we're constantly wanting to guard ourselves, like you were saying, you know, at the beginning, isolationism, um, it all kind of ties together, right, in, in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think really when it comes down to it, also the thing to remember about being a Jedi is that you know the will of the Force, not what's right or wrong, not that there's this this black and white that Luke's trying to portray here or, or that a lot of the Jedi order was about, but that, you know, the will of the force. And a lot of times that's messy. It's, it's not messy in the sense like, well, you can make whatever decision you want, or there's like gray areas or anything like that. But it's not that it's about us making the right or wrong choice. It's about us making the better choice and, and continually preparing ourselves to make that better choice. And for Grogu, that might be, in this case, going with Den, because that's where the Force is calling him. That's where he's being pulled to, not without reason. And that we're going to see something come of that relationship that is beneficial to everyone. Yeah, I... <laughs> uh hopefully we see the result of that uh on wednesday because if i had to wait till <laughs> the season opener of, of mandalorian season three i think that would be difficult so uh, remember the pattern that's the right pattern. andrew i should just learn to just trust trust you on this <laughs> no don't maybe just on this maybe just on that <laughs> not with anything else <laughs> Oh, perfect. Uh, any other final thoughts that any of you had regarding uh, this this episode? Well, I don't think did we did we uh, talk about like do is Cobb Banth still alive? What do you Ooh, guys think? That, like, yep, I did <laughs> want to bring that up. So it's been pointed out, at least from what I've read, that he was shot in the shoulder, and mm -hmm. like that's what it looks the, like. Yeah. The deputy was clearly shot in the torso, Many times. and <laughs> so yeah. the, <laughs> the deputy's likely dead, and. <laughs> Yeah, the selfish part of me really so, wants Cobb to live because he's he's a fun character. 
<laughs> so just to flesh out my yeah. obvious reference earlier, so Cad shot the sheriff. <laughs> And he did shoot the yes. deputy many, yes. many more many times. times. So, yes. One of my kids asked, why did he shoot him so many times? And my wife was like, because he was annoying. Do you want me to rewind it and then we can go back? And, and, and you notice he, even though the, the, the deputy, you know, pulled out the gun first, Cad knew that Cobb Vanth is way quicker. So he still yep. shot yep. Cobb first yep. and was still quick enough to shoot the yep. deputy a bunch of times. So Which I think, was, again, so brilliant, you know, to have that first yeah. scene show us how fast Cobb is, you know, and then. Right. Yeah. It also yeah. made me just appreciate Cad's ruthlessness and his efficiency because I mm-hmm. was expecting Cobb to win the, 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 the draw. Yeah, <laughs> this guy has has won in battle, battles with Jedi. Yeah. 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 His yeah. reflexes <laughs> are far none. Do you guys know how old he is right now, by the way, according to canon? Mm. Like 72, I think. 72. Yeah. He's 72 he's, 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 he's a Duro's age, so, but... Yeah. Right. <laughs> he's yeah, probably he's still got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like Harry, he looks like Harrison Ford at you know at eighty. Yeah. No, it's just, it's like how do these guys do? Do we have predictions for the finale? I mean, I I still wonder if we're going to get Omega. I mean, I know we've we've keep mentioning that, me but maybe at the very very end. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect her to be prominent. Like a whole nother character. I think a variety of teasers. Yeah, uh, I think like there's going to be a big tease at the end, and there's going to mm-hmm. be one or maybe two. After credit scenes, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for sure, we're gonna get at least one. I mean, similar yeah. to like the that surprise of Book of Boba Fett, yep. that we got. Um, but I think there might be a couple because there's a lot of shows coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's gonna tee off the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, whether I, I mean, and I think the next one is most likely Kenobi, right? So, um, yeah, I'm expecting teases for for the future shows and obviously for Mando uh, season three. All I want is Boba Fett on Rancor. That's, that's <laughs> it. That is, that is my one desire. For, I, I, I'm looking forward to everything else because it's, it's really it, distracting. Right? Again, you know, but yeah. I want yeah. Boba Fett on Rancor. <laughs> well, they haven't, they, they haven't confirmed. I haven't heard anything about a season two of Book of Boba Fett. So, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like everything yeah. that they've set up in this show, you have to assume somehow's coming how long is this episode gonna be i mean i think i think it's this, gotta be a full hour almost or you know yeah. i don't know yeah I, I i mean i think like like what they were referring to the show as you know during the pre-production this is very much like mandalorian 2.5 so i think mm. this story whatever storylines whatever strings that are left hanging are are gonna be yeah. left for mando season three so yeah then maybe this pike battle like obviously we're gonna get this pike battle That'll be over with, but I'm sure that'll lead to something else. Well, and if right. and if they're setting, know, we probably won't get a. Yeah, go ahead. If they're setting Boba Fett up to be the new Mandalore, that would clearly play into yeah. season three of the Mandalorian versus another right. Boba Fett show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there might. Yeah, there probably won't be another book of Boba Fett, but this is obviously, I think, you know, unless they really surprise us and, and kill him off, I, I think this is not the last we'll see of Boba Fett. You know, it's ironic is, is, you know, because because we've we've all I think, you know, that discussion too, like back to the beginning as far as like, you know, was this taking away from his story? But in another way, I just I thought it's interesting. I feel like this entire show. Almost exists to justify that not being what people said about him (laughs) if this was in Mandalorian. You know, I mean, if you had like four episodes of the Mandalorian where it's all focused on Boba. 
So that's actually, yeah, I'm just thinking of it sort of from a different angle now. It's, it's, it's kind of a cool well, way to have and, it all kind of connect. But they've also set up this whole thing about Tatooine having been covered in water and like there's almost yeah. this, this yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. prophetic uh, return of the waters and stuff. They cannot let that drop at this point. Right. That's too big a thing to just kind of, yeah, it's there. Whatever. <laughs> just we're just gonna keep moving on <laughs> well and all well not all but many important things in star wars history happen on tatooine like that's mm-hmm. just it just it happens so yeah there's 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 more there's more to tatooine than meets the eye maybe any anything else the one last thing i wanted to bring up was i thought it was really interesting that the choice that grogu has is between a weapon and armor Yep. And the weapon is the Jedi yep. and the armor is the Mandalorian. Yep. So, yep. I actually uh, thought about that too. Um, kind of uh, ironic there. And that his armor was made out of a weapon because that weapon <laughs> was inappropriate. True, yeah. But Beskar isn't made to be into weapons. It's meant to be armor. Except for maybe the whistling birds, but we don't have time for that. But, <laughs> you know, like, hold on a minute. Oh, wait, wait. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I I think that uh, there is quite a bit that we're excited for in just a couple days when we uh, get to see the (laughs) finale here. So um, uh, stay tuned for our conversation on that next week. And uh, we will wrap up this this episode now. And uh, before we get to um, our wrap up, though, we do have uh, some listener feedback to get to. And we've got an email from Jeff Hacker. And so he actually comments on a number of different episodes. So I'm just going to kind of read through his his email for for all of us. He said, hello there. Uh, Wow, this has been an amazing ride. The last few chapters, something about chapter four that may clarify Boba's reference to the double cross. It confused me, too. So I looked it up. I have not read it. But in the recent comic storyline, Bounty Hunter Wars, it's shown that during Boba's trip to Jabba's palace with Carbonite, Han, Jabba put a bounty on Boba due to Boba not being fast enough with the delivery. Other hunters took Han while Boba defended himself. It is revealed that Bib put the bounty out there to make him lose face. Barring anything else being revealed, this looks to be the double cross that he was referring to. What an amazing chapter five. So much Mandalore stuff for which I have some wild speculation. Prior to this chapter, I believed the Darksaber was constructed with Beskar, which is possibly why the blade is dark. Some kind of mechanism inside it to focus the blade. The armor did confirm it is made of Beskar. With the armor giving Din this quest, I wonder if there's something on Mandalore she wants. I assume he's referring to him potentially going to Mandalore to get the waters of rebirth or something i think is what he's referring to here uh he continues if din is heading to mandalore i wonder if the planet is not as gone as had been stated the armor is definitely an unreliable narrator i think that thrawn has forces on mandalore going after beskar or something under the surface i wonder if there might be a large underground covert surviving under the surface if so i wonder if din going underground with the darksaber will give him the army to retake mandalore To pull from Legends, I also wonder if there might be a weapon stockpile, which may include Basilisk war droids, which Mandalorians rode in battle when attacking a planet. Mm. Grogu's memory of Order 66 was also terrifying. I wonder if the Temple Guard who became the Grand Inquisitor might have been the one to save Grogu. Seeing Cad Bane was also amazing. Assuming he survives, I wonder if Cobb might be getting a new arm, like like Mm. C-3PO. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have no idea where the, the final chapter will go, but I am ready for the ride. God bless you all. And I look forward to the final chapter and y'all's thoughts on it. This is the way, Jeff. So uh, thanks for your projections and speculations. And, and we're all we're all on this ride together. So we'll see. We'll see where we go with it. That uh, concludes our conversation on chapter six of the book of Boba Fett. And so listeners, of course, we want to know your thoughts on um, everything on this episode of the book of Boba Fett. And so you can let us know your thoughts in various ways. You can email us feedback at Star Wars at SQPN.com. You can comment on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Starquest Media. And you can tweet at us. And we're on Twitter at SQPN. And we would like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Ricky S., Carrie C., Cayenne O., Patricia S., and Joseph S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. And if you want to join them, you can do so by going to sqpn.com slash give. Also, of course, make sure that you are subscribed to the show in your favorite podcast player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can find us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just make sure to click that bell to get notifications of new episodes. And you can find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And of course, we will be back next week as we dive into the finale of the Book of Boba Fett. So you definitely don't want to miss that and um, get our get our thoughts on this explosive finale that we are greatly anticipating. So until next time, Mike Creevy, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Well, it's my pleasure. Angela Cialana, thanks for joining us as well this evening. Thank you. Andrew Hermes, thanks for joining us on this awesome discussion. Thanks for having me. And Thomas Sanjuro, thank you as well. It's been great to be here. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>